0: every single mushroom when you go into the supermarket you see the mushrooms there every single mushroom has been picked by hand mm. there is no machine harvesting of mushrooms so the millions billions of these mushrooms that are, are go into the markets every year mm-hmm. they have been picked by hand so it's a it's very expensive so
1: Welcome back to another episode of plant based DFW. And this is Maya. Today's guest is Jeff Chilton. If you want to talk mushrooms, Jeff is your man. He has been growing, cultivating and researching mushrooms since the late 60s. Holy shiitake, that is over 50 years of experience. In the late 70s, Jeff started MycoMedia, Media, a company that organized educational mushroom conferences in the Pacific Northwest. During this time, Jeff also authored the critically acclaimed book titled The Mushroom Cultivator. Jeff took his extensive knowledge of mushrooms and created his current company, Namix, which was the first to offer a line of certified organic mushroom extracts that are now used by many supplement companies. Jeff has devoted his entire adult life to mushrooms and their health benefits. But not only that, he's a really fun guy. Let's welcome Jeff Chilton.
0: Hi, Maya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
1: Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you as well. Let's start with your history in mushrooms you have uh, you've been working on this for since the 60s.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in Seattle and we We've got mushrooms everywhere in the fall during the season. In fact, it's one of the best wild mushroom areas in the world because it's, it's wet, the temperate type of climate. So I was able as a youngster to get out and do some mushroom hunting. And, you know, my mushroom hunting is one of those activities where you're going out, you're walking through the woods. It's really beautiful. And if you find a mushroom that's, that's let's say, a choice edible, It's like finding treasure. So it's really (laughs) exciting as a kid. And then when I went to university in the late 60s, I studied anthropology, uh, but I also studied mycology, which is the study of fungi, uh, of which mushrooms are a part of that. And, you know, fungi have their own kingdom. So, you know, it's like we're used to thinking of of, uh, mushrooms, for example, as vegetables. Well, you know what? They're actually not a plant. They're not an animal. They have their own kingdom. They sit right in between. And, and mushrooms even share some attributes with us as humans. Uh, for example, uh, plants have starch. Mushrooms have glycogen as their storage carbohydrate. and And that's the same as what humans have. We have glycogen as a storage carbohydrate. And mushrooms also breathe much like we do they take in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide so they share some of the same attributes and and i i i um studied the the use of mushrooms in uh, as food uh in cultures mm-hmm. in my anthropological studies as medicines and also for shamanic purposes so so i kind of covered the full range of mushrooms and cultures worldwide. And then when I was finished with the university, not knowing what to do with a degree in anthropology, I thought, well, I'd love to learn how to grow mushrooms. So I, I got a job at the only mushroom farm in Washington State. And I was there for the next 10 years.
1: Wonderful. How is it that one can identify which mushrooms are edible?
0: Well, y- you know what, the, there's no real test per se it's more a matter of learning from somebody who is knowledgeable who has let's just say been a mushroom hunter for many many years and there's certain specific mushrooms that that um, are recognized as being choice edibles so of the hundreds thousands of different species that we might encounter when we go out walking through the woods we key in on this, let's just say subset of maybe 10 to 20 mushrooms as being these are the ones we want to find. because most mushrooms are actually edible, but that doesn't mean they taste good. So we're looking for the ones that we're looking for the ones that please our palate. There aren't a lot of mushrooms that can actually be cultivated. In fact, in the world, there's probably two dozen out of thousands of species that we cultivate. Partially because those are the ones that taste so good, but also a lot of mushrooms will grow in conjunction in a relationship with a tree, which we call a symbiosis or a mycorrhiza. And without the tree, the mushroom won't grow. So we can't we can't actually grow it um, because of that relationship. So you know, again, there's about twenty or so really choice edibles that we look for when we're out mushroom hunting.
1: I also recently was watching a documentary about truffles, I learned that it's absolutely difficult to cultivate out here in the States. And they mainly come from France, I think and Italy as well.
0: Oh, yeah, you know what, <clears throat> I, I happened to be at a mushroom conference in 1979. It was an international mushroom conference that was that took place in southern France. And as part of this conference, we actually went out truffle hunting while we were there.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh,
0: truffles are one of those species that I was talking about that grows in conjunction with trees. And without the trees, you're not going to find the truffles. So and actually they, they now have been able to grow truffles on the roots of young trees, and they have actual tree plantations that do grow truffles. But what's really interesting about the truffle is that when we went out truffle hunting with, with the people that do it regularly in France, he had a very large pig on a leash. <laughs> so <laughs> he walked out in the forest and the pig would, would uh, um, sniff around as they walked and then it would stop and start to, to uh, kind of dig into an area and that's basically because the pig was trained to find the truffles and then then he would be kind of pulled back and uh, the uh, person that was uh, walking with the pig would get down and kind of dig a little bit and pull up the truffle. They also had a very small uh, French poodle that was also trained and of course you can imagine having a small poodle is much easier than walking around with a pig on a leash and you know what's interesting about a truffle the The Mm -hmm. truffle has a very, very powerful uh, flavor and odor. And that's why the dog or the pig can can smell it even though it's underground, they can smell it because of that powerful odor.
1: Why is it that some people have this misconception that fungus can actually like the mushrooms can actually hurt our body?
0: That's really interesting. I'm not sure where that came from. But you know, there there are and especially for us in the West, there have been kind of this, you know, we call it mycophobia, which means fear of mushrooms. And, and that's the reason why, up until recently, we only had one cultivated mushroom in our markets, whereas in Asia, they've got 10 or 15 different mushrooms in their food markets. So actually, I think, and I've never seen any evidence, of course, and, and humans have been eating mushrooms for thousands of years and and you know when you talk about you know okay um in the west well boy in Europe my goodness I mean the Europeans love mushrooms and have been eating mushrooms for the longest time but when the U.S. I think was colonized and it was you know a lot of British people who were not quite so so enamored with mushrooms and they kind of brought that fear with them to North America so I think that's been part of it. And it's just really been in the last, I'd say 50 years, and especially in the last 20 years that mushrooms have really come into their own as a high quality food. And, and let let me just tell you something that's just kind of interesting that when I went to work on the mushroom farm in 1973, it was a very, very large mushroom farm. We grew 2 million pounds of the standard button mushroom on that farm. Well, what I learned was that classical Western nutritionists Mm -hmm. considered mushrooms to be a non-food. And the reason that they did was because mushrooms are very low in calories. Mm -hmm. So they, they thought, well, anything that doesn't have any calories is, you know, what's the point, right? So they thought, Mm -hmm. okay, mushrooms are just a, a garnish or something you put in for flavor. But but the thing is, is that mushrooms have um, anywhere from 20 to uh, 40% protein. They're primarily made up of carbohydrates, but non-starch carbohydrates. The carbohydrates in, in mushrooms are actually <clears throat> carbohydrates that are slow-acting. One of the carbohydrates is called manitol. It's a very slow-acting carb. Mushrooms are also very high in fiber. So they will be digested very slowly. They're not like uh, you know, you people who eat refined carbohydrates and how it just kind of explodes and you get this rush of uh, blood sugar and then you get let down later. Mushrooms are not like that. So, so they're they're uh, good amount of protein for a what we would let's just call a vegetable, even though they're not a vegetable. Um, the other part about the carbohydrates is they have these compounds that make up 50% of their cell walls and these compounds are called beta glue cans and the beta glue cans are actually what make mushrooms medicinal. So, so although, for example, in my company, we sell uh, mushroom extracts where we will process them a bit and concentrate them. Um, When you eat mushrooms, you are still going to be getting these beta-glucans. So uh, I look at mushrooms as a food, as medicine. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. let's face it, our diet is the foundation of our health. We're looking to bring into our diet plants or, you know, whatever food stuff that actually... Can can provide us with nutrition almost in a in a medicinal way mm-hmm. because you know without a good diet you're not gonna have good health. So mushrooms are a really high quality food. I encourage people all the time, bring mushrooms into your diet. I actually consider mushrooms to be the missing link in our diet.
1: No kidding. How are your extracts used?
0: Well, you know, here's what's interesting about mushrooms is that not only have they been used as food in Asia and worldwide actually for thousands and thousands of years, but in in Asia in the system traditional Chinese medicine, they actually found that certain mushrooms were potent medicines and so they they brought and they have various mushrooms in their formulas in traditional Chinese medicine. And, and the real key to this gets back to the beta-glucan and the fact that what it will do is it will potentiate our immune system. So it will strengthen our immune system. So what we do is we, we grow the mushroom. We will dry it out. Okay. We will then um, cook it in hot water. Very large tanks, almost like, think of it almost like making a soup. And then we will concentrate that fluid down and we will take that uh, liquid, which is now almost like a syrup, plus all of that mushroom fiber, which is a powder. We will send it to a dryer. It will be dried into a powder. And then our customers primarily uh, put that mushroom extract into capsules into bottles with their brand and label on it and then it gets sold in in health food stores
1: are you considered like the main provider of north america
0: well you know what we're one of the of the uh probably we're probably the biggest provider of mushroom extracts that are certified organic and uh, verified with scientific testing um, we're probably the major supplier for that type of mushroom product. And, and we have hundreds and hundreds of customers that are putting out our powdered extracts into their products and selling it in the stores across uh, across the United States.
1: You touched on the word organic, which is something that I've heard you um, talk about before when asked um, whether we should choose organic or not organic um, mushrooms and you talked about it your experience at one time having you know worked the area and witnessing that there was a lot of heavy spraying going on
0: the thing is is you know let's face it the the food system worldwide i mean i was just reading about all the chemicals that get sprayed in the united states and it was just like you know because it was talking kind of about the effect on our waterways and how all these agricultural chemicals whether it be um um fertilizers or pesticides or fungicides or even this uh, chemical roundup. I mean, it's like the number of chemicals that we consume in our food, we don't even have any idea of how many of those chemicals that we're consuming these days because there's so many of them. So when I look at food, I'm like, I want just the essence of you. I, I want you to be as clean as possible. I want you to be grown out of real dirt. And if you're a mushroom, I want you to be grown on on sawdust because you're a, you, you normally grow on wood. So I want you to either be grown on a log or or sawdust, but I want you to be grown on what you grow on naturally. And I want you to be grown in a way that does not use chemicals. So as somebody who truly believes in that, that was one of the things that that I in my company decided way back in the, the 90s i mean my company was was started in 1989 at a time maya at a time when no herbal company had mushrooms in their product line and 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 i was i was walking around these large trade shows trying to convince people that, hey, mushrooms have been around in in traditional Chinese medicine as a uh, supplemental medicine, as a very healthy medicine. Would you like to put it into your product line? Growing mushrooms is expensive. It uh, takes a lot of time. Every single mushroom has been picked by hand there is no machine harvesting of mushrooms so the millions billions of these mushrooms that are, are go into the markets every year mm-hmm. they have been picked by hand so it's a it's very expensive here's what happens is in the united states you can grow mushrooms for food you can make a profit doing that. So we have lots of fresh mushrooms in the market, but my products are sold dry as a dry powder. So if I sell that mushroom in the market for $10 a pound, a mushroom's 90% water. When you dry it out, Mm -hmm. now you have a 10th the amount. You have to sell that for a $100. The economics... For mushrooms as supplements because of that does not work out in the United States. And that's why as a commercial mushroom grower and having worked in the business for 10 years back in the 70s, I realized that. And so I started taking trips to China. China is such an amazing place and all of the small tens of thousands of small mushroom growers over there. And, and, uh, Conferences and and um, uh, research institutes—they produce over eighty-five percent of the world's mushrooms. But one of the things was okay. If I'm going to grow my mushrooms in China, I found and, and built relationships with farmers and and processors over there. But I, I decided that look, I have to grow these organically. So I brought. the largest certifier of organic products in the United States. I brought them with me to China, 1997, and we held the very first organic certification workshop for mushrooms in China, 1997. Three years later, we were starting to produce organic mushrooms. We grow our product way back in the mountains. Not only that, before they leave, we have to test them for pesticides we test them for heavy metals we test them for the microbiological panel and then once they arrive in the united states to our warehouse there we test them again so they're tested twice we are highly regulated when it comes to okay we have standards for heavy metals we have standards for chemicals we have standards for microorganisms I cannot sell my product to any company unless I meet those standards, and they're all, when they want to buy from me, they qualify me and my products before they even buy the product we're certified by by a high quality, European certifiers.
1: Yes, definitely. And you know, I I, now that I'm learning more about mushrooms, I I'm encouraged to even consume more. And uh, you probably know about this study that Dr. Michael Greger references and includes in his book, but he mentions that in Australia, there was some researchers that took two groups, one group, they fed them a regular diet, and the other group was fed a regular diet, along with a cup of cooked button um, mushrooms every day. And after a week, they noticed that those that were consuming the mushrooms had 50% uh, boost in their IgA levels in the saliva and the antibody levels remained elevated for a week before they dropped again, meaning that if you continue to consume the uh, antibody levels remain high. And that goes back to what you were talking about the beta glucans that are found in the mushrooms. That's correct. It is amazing. And then he talks about another study where sometimes we talk about breast cancer and what things help fight or prevent breast cancer. So sometimes we think you know, maybe it's the green tea or the soy found in the um, Asian women's diet. He mentions that we don't really talk so much about the mushrooms in their diet. Is it the soy or is it the green tea in conjunction with the consumption of mushrooms that help reduce the risk of breast cancer in Asian women.
0: You know, one of the things about these beta-glucans is that they have been studied very deeply for the last 40 to 50 years. And then they've done human studies, and they have shown that the mushrooms enhance our uh, immune cells and strengthen our immune response. And they've got lots of tests uh, that show how they will, in fact, activate our immune system and actually... In some cases, in in the animal studies, have shown complete remissions and high high levels of inhibition. So it's it's pretty well established. And and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, going to tell you that the mushrooms are going to cure anybody's cancer. I, I don't make those kind of claims at all. But what I do do say is that they've been used uh, at, these days as a what we call an adjuvant. So. When people are going through regular therapies, uh, they will use mushrooms to help maintain a higher level of, of immunity, and, and if you're not sick, well then, what you wanna do, and this is something I really believe in, and that is prevention. And and that gets back to diet and the kind of foods that we're eating. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to to build a diet that prevents disease, that keeps us healthy. And mushrooms are part of that. And you cannot imagine the studies that have been done. And I saw one that came out just recently that looked at a very, very large population. And they did uh, studies and and found, I think it was coming from Singapore actually, and found that people who regularly ate mushrooms and had mushrooms in their diet, lived longer than people who didn't.
1: Definitely. What about that unusual uh, amino acid that's found in mushrooms? I think it's pronounced ergothionine.
0: Ergothionine, absolutely have. I I mean, you know, it's interesting, and this is something that, um there is a researcher, Dr. Hollowell in Singapore, who has been doing a tremendous amount of research with ergothionine. It's a naturally occurring amino acid. Uh we have it in all sorts of different places in our bodies. We don't produce it, mm-hmm. but and it is especially um found into uh areas that have uh, um like red blood cells, liver. Uh, kidneys. Um, So areas that come under a lot of oxidative stress, they find a lot of ergothionine. And now mushrooms are one of the plants out there, a fungus, of course, that have some of the highest levels of ergothionine. You know, it's just so interesting because the deeper we go, the more that we find out ergothionine and glutathione as well. So they are packed with these different healthful compounds. And that's just another uh, basic indication to me of the tremendous value that mushrooms have for us and uh, just another reason to put mushrooms into our diet. So in fact, you know, what's interesting is I think that uh, in the coming years we 're going to hear a lot more about ergothionine and and they 've even speculated that ergothionine might be a uh, uh, what they're calling a new vitamin.
1: Yes, (laughs) that's fascinating. And I've seen people prepare some of the mushrooms, um, depending on the flavors and the textures that they're looking for. I've seen another uh, um, vlogger who I follow, she kind of introduced me to enoki.
0: I love enoki.
1: And by the way, I took one of your tips that you suggested, which was when you cook mushrooms, you cook them in a hot pan.
0: Yes. absolutely
1: what a difference my goodness
0: oh my god yeah i mean i i hear so often especially from young people or their mothers who are just like oh yeah he doesn't like mushrooms because he says they're slimy and i'm like yeah you are not cooking them properly my mushrooms when i cook them are never slimy you know and again the hot pan with whatever oil that you prefer um I like to brown them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I, I get so picky at times. And, and you know what? Remember, too, when you're when you're cooking mushrooms, they will shrink. You think you've got a lot in there and you go, Oh, my God, where'd they go? They will <laughs> shrink. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the issue is that with cooler pan, the water comes right out of them. And then they're sitting in a pool of water. And it's kind of like You know, I wasn't really wanting to make a gravy here. I wanted to use these (laughs) mushrooms for something else. So the hot pan keeps the moisture in. You can kind of seal them off, the sides of them off, and brown them up. I like, I'll turn them over, make sure both sides get brown. I like to cook them a little longer than maybe some. Um, If I'm eating them just plain, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, wow, or I'll put them in whatever it may be. And that's. What's so interesting about mushrooms is that they're so versatile, and, and you know when you when you cook them properly, they've got a great texture. The flavor is is locked in. I mean, you talk about enoki mushrooms. Mm-hmm. For people that don't aren't aware of enoki mushrooms. Anoki mushrooms come in a, in kind of a vacuum packed uh, package, and there's a thousand mushrooms in there and they're they have this very long slender stem and a tiny little cap and when you (laughs) open them up you just take them and you you strip them down you strip them apart and then you cook them up they are like crunchy, they've got the textures crunchy, and they are like noodles, like these beautiful noodles. They're so <laughs> good. I, I love enoki uh, mushroom.
1: The vegan YouTuber that I follow, she is Korean, and she uses them often. Or where would we find them used the most? In what country?
0: I would say probably the cultivation of enoki started in uh, Japan. Okay. And, and then then uh, the Koreans, got into the picture, as did they uh, in, in Taiwan, and they grow a lot of them in China as well. But Japan was really the starting place for that, and uh, you know, I, I actually, this is what's interesting, when I was at the mushroom farm back in the 70s where we were growing agaricus mushrooms, we had a Japanese scientist there, Dr. Urayama, and he was our director of research and development. He was growing shiitake mushrooms on mm. wood logs, He was growing oyster mushrooms, and he he was growing enoki mushrooms. So can you imagine back in the 70s, I was eating these mushrooms. I had access to fresh enoki, shiitake, and oyster mushrooms in the 70s. I was so lucky. And as a mushroom grower by trade, ultimately— I learned about how to grow these other mushrooms because, again, at that time in the '70s, nobody was growing these other mushrooms. We were at that particular farm. The owner was well ahead of the curve uh, with these mushrooms. And and a little funny story about that is: is our marketing director got special boxes. He started advertising. We put the fresh shiitake into the marketplace. It was there for. Three to six months, and then the news came back that well, nobody's really buying them because the taste is too strong. And I was, just, <laughs> I goodness. was just shocked. Oh. I couldn't believe it because to me, I, I mean, of all the mushrooms, shiitake is my favorite. It's yeah. got a heavenly flavor. You know, in in yeah. China they call it shangu which mm-hmm. actually means. Fragrant mushroom, and it's got this this taste and this odor that's just out of this world. In fact, when I when people ask me, well, what what are these other mushrooms should I try? I say, eat shiitake mushrooms. Put it into your diet. Shiitake has got a very strong history as a medicinal mushroom too. So it's another one of those mushrooms that is going to be food as medicine. Eat shiitake. (laughs)
1: Yes, definitely. And I travel with a bag of the dry ones, you know. Oh, Um. fabulous. The flavor, like you said, the rich flavor is amazing. Uh, Speaking of the enoki, so we went to a restaurant had the plant based vegan option. And then um, a few days later, my husband's, you know, describing this soup, this delicious meal that we had to someone else. And he says, honey, what what is that one? the, The dish that had the pasta in it, it was so flavorful. And I'm thinking, no, we didn't have pasta. What are you talking about? I realized he was talking about the enoki that was in our soup that it was so hearty that it seemed like it was actually pasta.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, enoki in a, in a soup, you think you're just eating a noodle or something and the noodle yeah. is delicious. And you're going, wow, what is this? And if you look closely, you know, because it's a long slender stem about maybe six inches long, and then you look closely and it's got this little tiny cap on it. You're going, Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. actually a mushroom.
1: Yeah. When I buy the, the, the mushrooms fresh from the grocery store how long could I expect for them to actually last in the refrigerator and what's maybe the best way to store them?
0: Well you know uh, the best way to store them certainly is in a paper bag because Mm -hmm. what that means is that is you know what you want to do is you want to keep them away from moisture you don't want them to get wet because if they get wet in your refrigerator what's going to happen is then bacteria will grow Mm -hmm. so the thing you want to do is keep them in a paper bag. And, and you know, even at that, I mean, uh, you know, the thing about a button mushroom is that it's harvested at an immature stage. That's why it's called a button. So it it has a much longer shelf life in your fridge. Whereas when you buy a shiitake, normally it's, it's mature and it's opened up, and so the gills are all right there. So it has a little bit less of a shelf life in your fridge. Even in the paper bag, it will start to dry out. And, and you know, let me just tell you something, too. The, the, uh, there's a lot of produce managers that do not know how to deal with mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I've gone into stores at times and sometimes the mushrooms they're selling should be in the garbage bin (laughs) They are awful They are you know if you see if you like for example if you see shiitake and you look at the gills The gills should be nice and white if you see a lot of brown spots on those gills bacteria Um, Mm -hmm. If you see brown spots on your white mushrooms and the spot feels a little bit slimy bacteria so you know, I've seen oyster mushrooms that looked so ragged. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was shocked that anybody would leave these on the shelf. I, I felt like you know, I mean, I'm not going to go around to every store and check and go, hey, okay, I'm the mushroom police here. <laughs> You're selling <laughs> mushrooms should be in the garbage bin. But I swear, there's still not a lot of produce managers that really know how to handle mushrooms. For example, in some uh, produce sections they have these little sprayers going on right oh. well just think about that for a second if they happen to put mushrooms in the same place where they're spraying that water to keep all their veggies fresh they're going to do exactly what you don't want them to do which is oh. to get these mushrooms wet you can actually take the oyster mushroom and and hold on to the the gills because the oyster mushroom is is a open a lot of gill there and you can just kind of uh, pull and you can kind of pull it apart into strips mm. and that's a great way too to cook an oyster mushroom and, and, uh, and that also will strip the stem too because the stem of an oyster mushroom is a little bit chewier mm. than, than others and so that's just a great way to, to do it, it's just to kind of like pull it apart.
1: Okay, and then since moisture is a concern um, when it comes to mushrooms, how do you feel about freezing them? Is that a bad idea?
0: Bad idea. Um, the only way that you can actually freeze mushrooms properly is if you pre-cook them in whatever you're cooking, and then you can freeze the the dish or whatever, and uh, that's that's okay. But normally, if you just freeze mushrooms, what happens is that that you know they are ninety uh, percent water. the The cells will basically burst <laughs> when you freeze them, and when you come out, you will have a just basically flat, soggy mess. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Well, that makes sense. If if
0: you were to cook them up with, let's say you're prepping something and you're cooking a a meal that you want to, you know, have a couple of days later, something like that. Maybe you make a lot of it for dinner, or something. You know, the mushrooms part of it. Sure, it's been uh-huh. cooked already. You can you can go ahead and freeze that. Meal.
1: Okay, this has been so informative. And what are you doing these days, Jeff? Are you traveling? Are you staying busy with your company?
0: Oh my God, Maya! You you, you <laughs> mushrooms have have just all of a sudden they they have arrived. everybody now there's articles written everybody and his brother wants to do something with mushrooms it's like they we have customers that are putting mushrooms with the coffee they're putting mushrooms in chocolates there's there's so many different ways that people now are innovating with mushrooms and it's just kind of exploded i started out in the actual mushroom business in 1973 i've been eating mushrooms regularly ever since then and love them and would tell people about them and invite people for you know dinner and have mushrooms and so i've watched this progression i i had to introduce mushrooms into the supplement industry because nobody was had them in, in their product line and nobody knew much of anything about them. So I, I've done a lot of education in mm-hmm. my the 90s. Uh, for me, when my company first started, was just nothing but education. I wrote articles, books, had just all sorts of information to try and basically tell people in the industry, hey, mushrooms are a great part of the supplement industry, besides being food, of course, but in terms of supplements, hey, they should be there. So So yeah, today, I mean, we are so busy. The company has been expanding. I've got, uh, uh, you know, in the last two years, four or five new employees. We're, we're just, you know, you know I'm, I'm really busy. The, the beauty of today's world, however, being as, as how I'm in Patagonia right now is that, <laughs> and talking to you, <laughs> is, that, is that with my laptop, Mm -hmm. I can go almost anywhere in the world. And as long as there's a strong internet connection, I'm connected. I can continue to work. I happen to be in summer down here right now, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm leaving my British Columbia winter behind and I'm down here in summer. And Mm -hmm. so I can go out fishing and enjoying the outdoors, which I really like during mm-hmm. the day, and then I can come back and I can I can work later on and the time zone down here, I'm five hours ahead of my office works out very well. So <laughs> so that's, you know, kind of uh, what I do.
1: You li- lightly touched on the combination of coffee and mushroom is that mushroom powder? Because that's kind of a new concept to me.
0: Well, you know what, There there's one of our mushrooms that we have is called reishi. And it actually has kind of a bitter flavor so it's reishi mushroom it's not something that it's an edible per se it's been used traditionally in a tea but it's bitter so think about you know you're adding another bitter note to that coffee Mm -hmm. and so that's where it kind of makes a very good match and one of the things i I do want to alert your audience to is the fact that when you're looking for uh genuine mushroom supplement there's a lot of products in the market you know we talked earlier a little bit about quality that are not actually mushroom they actually grow the root system on grains and then they sell you that root system grain and all and it turns out you know there's no mushroom in the product at all and it turns out to be mostly starch so when you're looking for a mushroom product one of the things that people should do is look to see if there's actually on the label, if it talks about the amounts of beta-glucan. One of the things that we do is that we every single batch of our extracts that we make, we measure for beta-glucans. And then when we sell them, we say um, it has no less than 25% beta-glucan. So that's something you need to be aware of because there are so many products out there that claim to be mushrooms that really aren't. So you have to be very careful.
1: Well, that's a very good point. Thank you for that tip. Because um, that is the medicinal portion that we are looking for. That's
0: exactly (laughs) right. And can you imagine if you bought a product and it turned out to be mostly grain starch?
1: Is there anything else you would like to share with us?
0: You know what the one thing I would say to people is just, you know, again, put mushrooms into your diet. It's really the the Missing Link, you know, start out with with one like a shiitake, try it out, see what you think, find the ones you like, try different ones. Uh, it's a wonderful world to wow. uh, enter into, and it's just such a great food. I, I highly recommend them.
1: What is the best way that um, our listeners can reach you?
0: Our website is namex.com, N-A-M-M-E-X.com. We've got a lot of information there, Maya, a lot of really good information that can help to educate people about mushrooms. And although we are a wholesaler and sell to other companies, we do have a retail line and there's also a lot of good information on that website. And it's called uh, real Okay. R E A L mushrooms.com. And that's where, we actually uh, online will sell uh, our products retail.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure um, speaking with you and touching base.
0: Thanks, Maya. Thank you again for having me.
1: You've been listening to the Plant Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.